There are people that feel like Rob Palenka orchestrated a coup to get Magic out of there. All of these things had to happen for the Rockets to end up in the four spot. It's hard for me to imagine anyone as of right now that is going to knock them off. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Chris Broussard joins Colin Coward to preview the 2019 NBA playoffs. Uh, I want you to offer clarity to the audience. Um, Yesterday, I mean, I I think LeBron should have said something. I think somebody should have said something. Nobody said anything. Nobody. That doesn't feel like a grown-up business. No, no, look, LeBron, you're right. He should have spoken either after the game Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning. I agree. However, what's worse is that Jeannie Buss and Rob Palinka didn't say anything. Who's running the organization? I've been talking to people around the league. When they showed up, what was it, Wednesday morning after this, nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew what to do. The Lakers are run like it's 1983. They're a mom-and-pop operation in a league full of corporations. They're behind in terms of scouting. They're behind in terms of analytics. They're behind in terms of all the technology. You would never think that because they're the glamorous Lakers, but they've been running on talent. When Shaq and Kobe were there, you know, they ran on the talent of those great players. And that's what they're still doing to this day. And here's, look, there are people that feel like Rob Palenka orchestrated a coup to get Magic out of there. Okay, because now obviously he couldn't force Magic to resign, but Magic referred to all the backbiting, the backstabbing. That was clearly, clearly a shot at Palenka. No question. And throughout the organization, Rob would go all over. Where's Magic? Have you seen Magic? Magic's not here. And letting people know Magic's never around. Okay, so people, and that got to Magic. You know, Magic Johnson, you don't have to put up with backbiting and all that stuff. So Magic's out. The feeling is that Rob knows the Lakers are way behind the times. And so now that we'll see if he ends up with the power. But now that he has the power, his plan is to get them back up to speed like a 2019 organization should be run. Bring in a GM under him, probably a young, hot GM, because a lot of the older guys don't really like Rob and trust him and may not want to work for him. But bring in a young, hot GM, build up the infrastructure of the front office, just like all the other hot teams are, and then Rob will look like the genius. And that would work out for the Lakers because that's what they need. They could go other routes. We've all heard David Griffin. I think they got to sit down with David Griffin. But David Griffin will probably have to be the president and be able to do whatever he wants. He has LeBron's trust. He knows how to work with Rich Paul. And I'm not saying you turn the, you don't turn the organization over to LeBron and Rich, but you do have to have their trust. So I think they should look at him. Um, you know, obviously we threw out Jerry West and you, you know, Masai Ujiri in Toronto, guys like that. But that is what a lot of people are thinking now. Rob, if he, if he stays, he's going to build up this infrastructure the way it needs to be for modern-day NBA basketball. Here's the other thing. Kobe Bryant is not he doesn't want to be the president or the GM or anything like that okay mm-hmm. but Kobe Bryant has Jeannie Buss's ear 
unlike very few, very few people have. I mean, she essentially chose Kobe over Magic, oh. which is incredible wow. being how close her and Magic were. Magic, I believe when Magic and LeBron sat down for that three-hour meeting a few days ago, Magic was like, I want to get rid of Luke, and I want to get rid of Rob Palenka. And then he went to Jeannie to talk about it. And Jeannie, as much as she wanted Luke, she would have let him do that. She was not going to let him get rid of Rob Palenka. Why? Because of Kobe. So Kobe will always be behind the scenes. Not that he's trying necessarily to manipulate the, the situation, but she trusts Kobe. She loves Kobe. She's going to go to Kobe. What do you think about this trade? What do you think about hiring so-and-so? What do you think? And Kobe's going to have a say. The thing is, he's going to have a say removed from the day-to-day -day operations of what's going on in the league and the NBA. So he won't have the context to know all the other things going on, but he's just going to share his opinion. I don't know that anything's going to get done with the Lakers without Kobe kind of signing off on it and, and Jenny thinking Kobe's with it. So they, they, they need, look, they need to upgrade. They need to... The mom and pop in a corporate world. That's what they are. That's what they are. All right, let's go through the playoffs real quick here. Let's start with the Western Conference. Warriors one seed against the Clippers, eight seed, no upset, right? Both shoot threes well. No, Golden State. Okay. Rockets, Jazz. Jazz are very efficient. May be the Boston of the West. Well-coached, rim protector. Can't shoot much. Rockets win. The Jazz are scary because, as you say, a rim protector. So what does Houston do? Threes or at the rim? Right. The stuff at the rim is going to be tough. If they run Houston off the three-point line, like San Antonio's done in the past, run them off the three-point line and make them drive, they're not going to stop at 15 feet and pull up. They're going to go all the way to the rim, and then you got Rudy Gobert, the best rim protector in the league, right there. So they can be tough, but I'm going with Houston. I just don't think the Jazz have enough They're shooters. They're not ready, right. Uh, Thunder Blazers, uh, Thunder dominated the series. Uh, Westbrook get out of the first round, I think he does? Yeah, I, I like the Thunder in this one. Uh, just partly because I think the Thunder do have a lot of talent, obviously, even though they kind of ended the season in a spiral. And Portland's just banged, you know, obviously. C.J. McCullough had a knee injury. Yeah. He's back, not 100. Nurch is yeah. not there. So, yeah, they're going out again in the first okay. round. Okay, Nuggets can shoot, uh, and they're deep, but their three best players have never been in the playoffs. Chance the Spurs upset the Nuggets? I got the Spurs. I got the Spurs pulling off the upset, and probably in six, because it's going to be tough to go there in a game seven and win in Denver. But I think the Spurs – look – Jokic is probably is the best player of, of, on the floor. But then but the two, next three. two, right, are LaMarcus and, and Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. DeRozan. They obviously, as great as Mike Malone is as a coach, and he's second on my coach of the year ballot mm -hmm. behind Mike Budenholzer, obviously Pop's got the edge. And the big thing is, as you said, experience. And in the playoffs, you need a guy that, when all else fails, can just break down the defense and get his offense off. Denver doesn't really have that type of guy as good as Jokic is. So uh, I like the Spurs for the upset. Okay, so you got Warriors, Rockets, Thunder, Spurs over the Nuggets. Um, all right, let's go to the East. I'm, I'm going to tell you quickly, I got the Thunder upsetting San Antonio. Well, I don't know if it be an upset, but beating San Antonio in the next round and Golden State uh, OKC in the conference finals. Golden State winning. OKC in the Western Conference Finals. Yes. It'd be a shame to see them upset by Portland. Westbrook is awesome. 
Say right, it. Let's go Say to the it. let's go to the East. He's very <laughs> talented. Let's go to the East. Bucks Pistons. They could uh, apathy is the only roadblock for Milwaukee. This is right. a massive. Right. Blake Griffin. Credit to Blake Griffin. I watched the Pistons play about two weeks ago. Blake's had a great year. So he's maybe the third best player in the East. Fourth best player in the East. He's he, had a great he year. He has he has had a very good year. Blake is a great player. Blake is should be a Hall of Famer. Oh, yes. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, Blake yeah, yeah. is a great player. But I think we're overstating it. He's in the East. They're the eighth seed. If you're that great in the East, you shouldn't be the eighth seed. That's all I'm saying. I think we're he's playing more, he's handling the ball, he's shooting threes more. It's nice, but yeah. Celtics Pacers. Uh, I think the Pacers, when they lost Victor Oladipo, played with a great deal of heart for about six weeks, and I think they've been sort of unveiled. They don't have enough shot makers. Nah, nah. It's it's uh, Boston, but it'll be tough. But Boston. Okay, Raptors over the Magic. Not close, right? right? Raptors. Okay. Sixers players: Tobias, Simmons, Butler, Embiid. Embiid's hurt. Their best four players haven't played that many games together. I think the Sixers are vulnerable in the first round. Uh, I, do you know what you're going to get from Tobias Harris and, and Ben Simmons? Are you sure Embiid's not going to play this weekend? They're they're beating Brooklyn. They're beating. Now I agree. It's the fact that Embiid is questionable that that bothers you, but they'll beat Brooklyn. It might go six. I think and it's Brooklyn be, is well coached, obviously, and they're a little house machine. money. Little house no, money. I get it, but I, none of them have been there either. And there's got to be. I don't care what they say. There's got to be a sense of. We had a great – we made it. You know, like, they're, I get it. they're satisfied. I get it. And, De, and D'Angelo Russell's your leader, and he's had a great year, but I'll take Philly over. I will Russell. too, but I think it's uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, if Embiid – If Embiid doesn't play. Well, yeah, if this goes further. They don't have a lot of shot makers. If no, Redick's not hitting – The only thing – if Embiid's not there, and obviously they're not better without him, but you put Ben in the post even more, and Ben can score down there in the post. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you, it's probably a little better floor spacing. Everybody's more comfortable with Ben down there low, and you don't have to worry about Embiid on the three. So they'll, they'll get by them. But I, I'm picking Toronto over Milwaukee in the conference final. What? Because of experience. I Look, I'm pu- I hope I'm wrong. I'm pulling for Milwaukee. My two favorite teams in the East are Milwaukee and Philly. So I would love to see either of them talent go wise. Deep. Yes, right. I, I don't yeah, trust yeah, those are my like I'm I I I would love to see Milwaukee get to the finals because I think their length could really give Golden State some. Well, they're problems. a great rebounding and great defensive yep. team with a star offensive player. Exactly, and I think they and they shoot the three really well. They could give Golden State some problems. So I, I hope Milwaukee gets there, but they just have no experience at this level. And Toronto obviously has got great experience with Kawhi and Danny Green. So I'm going with Toronto to win these. Hope I'm wrong. Chris Broussard, good stuff, buddy. Good talking to you. Thank you. Next, Antoine Walker joins Nick and CeCe to dissect the Lakers' front office situation. What's next for the Lakers? I think the first conversation you got to have, you got to call LeBron James. I think Jenny Buss and Rob, if Rob Plinker's going to be your gym, you got to call LeBron James and, and get on the same page with him because obviously he was going through magic and they was the ones having the conversation. So you got to start with that conversation. He doesn't have to pick the coach or the basketball the head of basketball operations, but you still want him to, in the loop. I mean, you got the best player in the world with a, a small window of about two or three years where you have a chance to possibly win a championship. So you want to have him involved. And then after that, you got to look at the, if you can pick the right personnel, you got to look at the roster. You got to have, I think, a plan A and a plan B. I think, obviously, you shoot for the big guys. It's Anthony Davis, 
mm -hmm. the Kyrie Irvings, mm -hmm. you shoot for them, and then you have to have a plan B. Mm -hmm. uh, some, uh, you know, a bland people that may be the Kemba Walkers of the world. A Kemba Boogie combination, yeah. potentially. So you got to have two plans with LeBron James, and, and then you move forward from there. I thought they, I think the young guys are really good. You, I mean, I think Ingram, if he can, you know, just injuries, the blood clogs are not serious. But Kuzman seems like he's going to be a good Josh Hart was a good pick. So you got some good young guys in play, but you got to start with a real conversation with LeBron James. What about the coach, though? Like, we can't move on with Luke Walton and expect to get the best out of LeBron, you right? You think he can? I, I, I think they were hurt this year. You got to put, put that in perspective. They were the fourth seed. I think, you know, Luke Walden has coached superstars, um, even though he was a small sample size. Mm -hmm. um, he's been in the locker room with a Kobe Bryant, uh, um, a superstar. He's been around Phil Jackson. I think he, he can handle, you know, coaching two stars. I, I disagree with that. I think the injuries really hurt him and his coaching ability this year. Well, I, I, I disagree. I know I agree with the injury, but I disagree as far as him just being a leader at this stage of LeBron's career. Nick and I have talked about it back and forth. Maybe after a process in the NBA, it's hard to grow as a coach because you're under the spotlight. So he might be a qualified head coach, but for right now, I can't take the chance with LeBron. If I had a different team, I would take the chance. I saw too many things this year from an X's and O's standpoint that would let me be, um, think that, no, I got to move on. And I saw a lack of respect from the younger players from other veteran players that Luke Walton, that he received, that I can't move on with that either. So if it's me, Rob Palenka got to go immediately, and Luke's got to go immediately. That's the way to move on with LeBron James to be able to get the absolute best Jenna out of him. Remember when Jim Buss was told, I think 1982, maybe 1983, got a huge problem. Magic Johnson doesn't like the coach. And not Jim Buss, pardon me, Jerry Buss. And do you know what the mm -hmm. great Dr. Late Jerry Buss said? What's the problem? They just fire the coach. Yes. Hey, and so, with respect to Luke Walton, ain't no problem. You just fire the coach. There were a lot of hours spent talking about what the Lakers should do yesterday on television, radio, print, internet. Nobody, and I'm not saying that talking heads are always right, but the cumulative wisdom is usually pretty on point. Nobody said, you know what they should do? Status quo. You know what? Magic's gone. Just up, up, just upgrade Palenka. But this is the problem, though. Man, we get paid to be on TV. We don't own the team. There's one voice in Los Angeles right now that's obviously saying that Luke Walton is still there. That's and the only Rob Palenka. And obviously, status quo, at okay. least 24 hours after this happens, so, seems to be the direction they're going. And I didn't, by the way, I didn't expect people to get fired today or yesterday or the next day. I think it, even if massive changes are coming, it was going to take time. I mean, hell, Jeannie Buss and the, the Brain Trust haven't even met with the media yet. It's just the players who've met with the media. But if the Lakers do anything other than go after the best possible presidents of basketball operations and as part of that interview process say to that person it is a blank slate whatever you want I brought up Masai Ujiri yesterday not just because he's great at what he does but you know what that would kind of hurt Toronto's ability to keep Kawhi and you know what that might actually help the Lakers' ability to bring in Kawhi. Yeah. The, the, it might swing it in your favor. Right. You brought up Jerry West. Similar situation. Brian Winters brought up Bob Myers. Guess what? I don't think Clay's going anywhere. But there's you, you. this is a major opportunity. And if the answer is, 
Upgrade Palenka, bring in Kurt Rambis? But Nick, it's, but then you're going to make the same mistakes again. We already heard the report from Ramona Shelburne. They're not only going with Palenka, they're giving him even more power. She likes him. I agree, Nick. I, I do believe they got to bring in a, a, a big-time guy to run the organization. But I don't necessarily know if that's the guy. Three years, you couldn't, couldn't get past LeBron. You take a wild card, you bring in Kyrie, I mean Kawhi Leonard. Mm -hmm. You may get past Oh, that, that guy you mean Masai. Masai. Sure. And you fire Dwayne Casey. A coach that's won 50 plus games and mm -hmm. has gotten you right there, and you couldn't. And you're going against LeBron James every year, so I don't know if he's necessarily the, the greatest guy out there for the for the Laker job because the Laker job is very sensitive. It's right now you don't have time to build it because LeBron James. We don't know how much longer LeBron James can play at the level that he's playing at. But I do agree with you. They got to bring in the big name guy, and whoever that guy is, has to hire his coach. Right. And he has to have the power. Mm -hmm. And he has to have the – if they – I said that the, the genie bus would be doing whomever this person is a favor by firing Luke so his first – whoever they bring in their first job didn't have to be to right. fire Luke. But if that's not what, the way they want to go about it, fine. But you have to tell whoever you bring in what you do with Palinka is your choice. What you do with Luke is your choice. Like, you have to empower them. You have to make sure that there's a clear separation between the basketball operations because, man, in the last six years, Jenny Buss – God bless her. As a female running the Lakers, God bless her. But she has done an awful job. And if we were being honest, if we were doing the same thing that we would do if a man had that job, we would be criticizing her. She has been awful. Now, from a business standpoint, they benefited. The fans, they, they sell out everything in L.A. They got that part. But she needs to remove herself from the basketball operations. Now, I think what Nick is talking about is – this shouldn't be a family-owned or run business. This should be about the best if you're the Lakers. So let's go out and get the top people at their field. Let's interview all these people. Toronto, let's go to Houston. Let's check out the Warriors, all the Danny Ainge's guy. Let's check out all these people so that we get the best in that position. Because I believe there was a conflict between her and Magic Johnson on Luke Walton and Rob Palenka moving forward. And I believe that that's why Magic Johnson retired, walked away from that job. It wasn't, I don't want to have fun. I don't believe Magic had complete control. She keeps repeating that, but there's a problem with Luke Walton and what everyone else thinks compared to what she thinks. And Magic said a lot in that rambling 45 minutes. One of the things he talked about was, an element of backstabbing or people going behind each other's backs. Also, Jeannie Buss talked about a few weeks ago on, an, uh, on some podcast about how she met with each individual member of the organization to figure out, try to figure out where the leaks were coming from. And that's where she came up with, oh, they're not coming from anywhere. The media is just making them up. None of my <laughs> folks are leaking. I did my mole hunt. There's no mole, so yeah. they're just making them up. So there is, there was, there clearly was a lack of continuity between the triumvirate of Genie Bus, Palenka, Magic. Magic removed himself from it. But if this just ends with the Lakers running it back, with them saying, well, we were in fourth place, we'll be healthier, Luke's getting better, then you are you need a systemic overhaul. It was the biggest concern, but when we didn't think Magic was gonna quit, when because nobody thought he was gonna quit, was even if they get the superstar. Are they going to be able to do the small things right? When I bring up yes. Masai, and I, we don't have to debate Masai specifically, the way he's filled out that roster, the way the players have developed. He got the most out of Kawhi. The right. that Magic Johnson yes. didn't want to play. Right. Chris brought up Pat Riley. 
right? A guy yeah. like that to be yes. a guy that you're familiar with. Someone like that that can be the Yoda of an organization and put things in place. That's what the Lakers are missing. I, the one thing that, that I fought Magic for, I don't know who's Jenny's her brain trust is, who she's going to get with right. in the room by herself. Mm -hmm. I thought of Magic, and if he had love for her, the way he talked about in his interview, he would have sat down and, look, I'm going to step down, but I'm going to help you in this process and picking somebody. Because I don't know who her brain trust is. Right. You know, so mm -hmm. who's who's the, the people that she's going to get in the room with by herself to make the decision to keep Rob Palenka, to make the decision to keep Luke Walton. So that's the hard part about it. Mm -hmm. All right. Now Rick Buecher joins Skip and Shannon to break down the Warriors' run at a three-peat. But in your opinion, who has the best shot to beat the Warriors in the West? Whoever gets them last. <laughs> it, because it's, uh, to me, at this point, with the Warriors, it is a matter of attrition. Okay. And so if the, the way the brackets work out, if it's Oklahoma City in a seven-game series at the very end of this, after Houston takes a piece out of them, after the Clippers take a piece out of them, then I see that potential. I, honestly, it's hard for me to imagine anyone that is capable. I can't point to that one team. Right as of right now, that is going to knock them off. But Oklahoma City does match up with them they on the do. perimeter. I, I agree with which that. Which is where their yep. strength, mm -hmm. with Dennis Schroeder, with Russ mm -hmm. Westbrook, with Paul George, not only can you defend all of them, but yeah. you can make Steph, Clay, and KD all guard somebody. Right. And that's as important as anything. But ultimately, I think it's, it's a matter of attrition. And then, unlike last year, where they got through the West, mm -hmm. they've squeaked through the West, and then, oh, well, it's the Cavs. <laughs> Whew, we can exhale yes. and we can finish the deal. Now they could potentially face the toughest team at the end of that West Con Western Conference road, which is why I am not one of those optimists that we're going to see a three-peat. Mm. So who do you like in the East? You, the last time you were on, you did not like Philly and uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yes. I, I mean, I like Toronto and Boston. I'm going to stay with Boston. I know there are really? issues wow. there. I am hoping that they that cooler heads will prevail and they will the clicks will go away and they will put aside their personal agendas mm -hmm. and they will come together and play because I believe that they have all the experience and the pieces. They have all of it. But short of that, if it's not Boston, I like Toronto. Huh. I like their defense. I like their length. I like their experience. And again, I just believe that they have the, the wherewithal to make things difficult, not only difficult on the Warriors offensively, mm. but they have enough scorers that are going to make mm. difficult matchups. Because to your point, those two teams could get Golden State last in the finals, Ex right? Exactly. They would have the best. Exactly. Shot, you know? Exactly. Well, I think the biggest, one of the biggest keys for the Warriors is that you have to have someone that can make Steph Curry guard yep. all the time mm -hmm. because he really wants to rest on defense. Because normally, if you look at the point guard, if he can play, Clay grabs him. Mm -hmm. And so now, if Clay takes James Harden, let's say second round, that means he's going to have to deal with Chris Paul. Well, Chris Paul's going to go at him. That's what Russ does to Steph. He goes at him because now you got to put Clay on Paul George because you're definitely not going to put Steph Curry on Paul George. You got to make him work, Skip. You can't let him lunch mm -hmm. on, the, on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. Make him exert some energy, zap some of that. Now, it's a great luxury to fall, a great fallback is to have Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. Is that a guy that can go average 30 for any series, maybe 35, 38 in a series? Yep. What I'm so impressed about Clay Thompson, and I think it goes so unnoticed, Skip, is that he always has the toughest defensive assignment and he still gives you 20 points. And do you know he's never been on an all defensive team? Mm. Hmm. 
You think about his that that will change. Or a first um, team, or uh, he's any never team. been named to an all defensive team. That's a major mm-hmm. oversight. And he always got the toughest. Def- he always no got question. the toughest defensive assignment. Mm-hmm. So, the real answer to this question, the biggest threat to Golden State say is it. Golden State. Oh, okay. Well, it, it just is. I thought you were going to say the other team. No. In San Antonio. I'm not going to go yet. Not going <laughs> oh, wait. Yet. You were not going to go there. Well, I do like the way it fell because all of a sudden a weird occurrence <laughs> happened in down. Portland last night where their subs beat came back from 28 down to beat Sacramento's subs, and it knocked Houston down a peg. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those pegs can really have ramifications through this, this bracket. And all of a sudden, Houston plays Golden State second round. And San Antonio gets Denver, probably gets Oklahoma City, and then what if Houston knocks them off? Look, Houston can make a strong case here. They, they won three out of four, and the one game – that Golden State did win at Houston. There was no Kevin Durant. And it felt like they were making a statement. If you have two feet out the door, we'll show you what we can do tonight. Mm. Well, the the team has, you know, internal issues because he does have two feet out the door. And he and Draymond have an uneasy truce. It's a truce, but it's uneasy. And DeMarcus Cousins has never played a single playoff game in his life. And now they're kind of revolving around DeMarcus. And it's working since the All-Star break, but it's new and different. And when you get pushed and shoved in the postseason, are you going to be able to lean back on DeMarcus? Is he going to be there for you? Is he going to implode and explode? I I don't know because it's new. It's different. And they lost eight games this year by 20-plus points. That's one bad sign after another. I'm sorry. They're vulnerable. And Houston believes they can beat them. They had them down and nearly out last year, and Chris pulls his hamstring. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you don't think they could beat them oh, yeah. in seven oh, yeah. games? Yeah. I do. I do. I do. Yeah. But uh, I wouldn't put no money. I mean, if any money that I would bet would be mine, and my money means something to me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put no money down to Houston mm-hmm. beat them. We sure have lost a lot of money to me. Yeah, I did lost mm-hmm. a couple. But mm-hmm. I get it back. Mm-hmm. I get it back. Go oh, get yeah, it back I this think series. You're, so, you're down and this nearly out. I might, I might get some on these nuggets. Really? I'll like, get some of this oh, old dog. Oh, you want a piece of that? I might. I might. want a piece of it? I got to see how it shapes up. Oh. What are we oh. leaning on? <laughs> uh, I got game one. I got the Nuggets in game one. Do you? Oh, yeah. that's really going out on a limb. <laughs> Denver? Denver hadn't been to the playoffs in a long time. Yeah. They don't know what it's like to be in the playoffs. Yeah. San Antonio went to Denver like 10 days ago and lost by 28. So, okay. you, you, boy, you're bold. Really bold prediction. Y'all got LaMarcus. Y'all got LaMarcus Aldridge and, and Derek White. Remember, Derek White played unbelievable Derek basketball. White, first team point guard all defense, says Kevin Pelton. Who knows what he's talking nah, about? No, he shouldn't first be. First team. Pat Beverly defense. was voted by the players. Hmm. Nope. First team. Pat Beverly. The Spurs now go as Derek White Grove. No, they go as LaMarcus Aldridge. No, sorry. You're wrong about that. LaMarcus had 34 Mm -hmm. last night, Skip. Mm -hmm. Who took over in the fourth quarter and saved their bacon last night because Dirk and them made a run at him? It was Derek White. Here we go. Here we go. Yep. Let's do around here. I, 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 I keep I'm hearing echoes of Tim Tebow. I don't know what it is. But yeah. Oh, up. everybody, so everybody knows. Thumbs up once in a while, a few repeats. Uh, Rick, great insight today. Really interesting mm-hmm. Thank stuff. Thanks for being here. Following, Antoine Walker is back with Nick and Cece to explain why the Rockets could fall to the Jazz in the first round. I think it got re- real tough because I think you're going to play against a team that's going to be very physical with you. It's going to be a grueling series. They're not going to be scared. They, their superstar has gotten much better this year. Um, mm-hmm. Added four points to his average. He was great in the playoffs last Talking year. Talking about Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. He was great last year in the playoffs. And I think defensively, if you look at how they played through the regular season, they really defended Houston really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that's their makeup. Can they muster up and score enough points 
to win four games. I don't know if they can do that, but this is going to be a six, seven game series. Um, this worked out really poorly for the Houston Rockets. So all of these things had to happen for the Rockets to end up in the four spot. Two nights ago, they had to lose at the buzzer to Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. That set this all into play. After leading, went into that fourth quarter, up 13, lose at the buzzer. Then last night, it all that needs to happen for them to be the two seed is Denver lose. Minnesota is up 11 on Denver with three minutes left in that game. Denver scores 15 straight points. Okay, so now the Rockets are the three seed unless Portland wins. Portland is down 25 at the half, only plays six guys. They come all the way back. Amazing. And they win. So now the Rockets are the four seed. My friends in Houston are panicked. They, they, <laughs> that, the, the best record in the NBA post-All-Star break was for naught. I'm here to tell you, relax. You own the Utah Jazz. You swept them in the regular season last year. You beat them in five in the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm. You're going to see, oh, well, they split the season series this year. Yeah, you lost the first two, which were early in the year, the Carmelo Anthony era of the Rockets, the pre-James Harden explosion part of the season. You played them twice more recently. You beat them soundly both times. The Rockets are – and now, so the other – okay, so even to get past Utah, but now you have Golden State. Listen, you're going to have to go through Golden State at some point. Like, this, to me, this season is no better or worse if you lose to Golden State in the second round or the third round, wherever. If you lose to Golden State – you're no better than you were last year. If you beat Golden State, the season was the success you wanted it to be. So people in Houston are panicked and upset and think everything was squandered. I think the way it fell, it feels like everything went against you. I don't think it hurt them that bad. Yeah, I do agree with you as far as if I do lose to Golden State, it doesn't matter either the second or third round if you're Houston. But if I am going into a series with Golden State, I would much rather finish my series first before they finish their series this time with the Clippers. I'm pretty certain of this. I got a little more concerned because I know Golden State is what they're going to do what they have to do against the Clippers. So how many more extra days does Steph Curry and the rest of this team have over me in getting that rest? And this year they have a home court advantage. So I do believe it's a huge advantage compared to last year going against them. I don't want – man, Utah has been a tough out in, in the playoffs for a long time. Now, I do believe if they're able to get those two games in Utah, because the players could have got a lot of rest in Utah. Mm -hmm. They don't know hanging out yeah. and everything. So they couldn't be – if they get a sweep, they would be the most rested team sure. after spending <laughs> those few days there in, in Utah right, for games so three and you four. you are Utah, so how are you going to slow down this Rockets team? Is it just going to all go through Rudy Gobert? Are you going to make him go in there and, and, and take away half of, of Harden's game? Well, obviously, I think with Utah, they're a very good good defensive team. They've been there under Quinn Snyder. They, they'll have a defensive plan in, in place to try to slow down James Harden. But obviously, I think for Utah, it's all about scoring. Can they score enough points to keep up with the Houston Rockets? If they can't score enough points, there's no way they could be in this series. I disagree with Nick a little bit. I believe it's going to be a 6-7 game series. I don't think Houston's going to just walk through them like they did last year. I believe at home, Utah is going to be capable of getting those two games at home. Um, and I think it's going to go six or seven games. Do I believe that um, Houston's going to lose the series? No. Playing Golden State early or late, it doesn't matter. You're right about that. Actually, it may work into their benefit playing them early. James Harden's much more, probably a little bit more fresher mm. going into the second round. Okay. So, uh, you know, you look at that situation where he, because he's going to be the main guy, obviously, of coming to the Golden State series. So, I don't mind when they play him a second or third round, but 
a first-round matchup, you you want to pick that because, you, you know, if it's a situation, if you can get it done in four mm -hmm. or five, I think they just create themselves a six- or seven-game series. You handled the offensive side as far as the Jazz. They definitely have to be the most effective offensively that they've been all season going against someone like the Rocket. But I'm going to go with you, Jenna, and Rudy Gobert. I believe that they double-team with the pick-and-roll. Take the ball out of Harden's hands. So if they're able to do that, we know – Houston likes to go with the pick and roll. They like to go with their big Capella. So if I'm Rudy Gobert, Jenna, I know that's the reason why you brought up his name and everything. I'm trapping with him. He's one of the best centers we have in the league. I'm bringing him out of the paint, trapping and forcing the Rockets. Let, let those other players um, force them to score. Beat you. Yes. Force those guys to beat you. Force P.J. Tucker to hit corner threes. Force yep. Eric Gordon to play well. I, I get all that. Now, one element on this series specifically. James Harden, one of the reasons they lost in what I think was the worst moment for James Harden this series, they lost to the Spurs a couple years ago where Kawhi had got hurt, where Manu ends up blocking Harden. Harden has like a dozen turnovers in the final game. Harden could not hit floaters. The Spurs, the entire series, dared him to hit mid-ranger floaters, and he couldn't do it. The part of his game, other than the step-back three that has improved the most year over year, is he is now one of the best floaters, shooters in the league. Why does that matter? Because Gobert, that's how you get it over Rudy Gobert, is you shoot those floaters. So there's that element. Where I disagree with both of you, and, I, and maybe with Daryl Morey as well, because I don't think, I think he probably agree with you guys. If you're telling me Houston's going to play one of these three teams in the first round, Utah, Oklahoma City, or San Antonio, I'd rather play Utah. I, Oklahoma City, we talked about the element they bring and when we thought they, they might be playing Houston. San Antonio, the residual effects, even if you move past the Spurs, of your next opponent getting to look at how Pop defended you, what schemes popped throughout you, the, the sets Pop made you go against, and then being able to use that against you with better players, I think that's damaging. So I – now, the best would have been the Clippers, obviously. Everyone would have wanted to draw the Clippers in the first round. I get that. But of those three teams – I'd rather play Utah if I'm Yeah, there's Houston. only one good draw, and that's the Clippers. That's why the West is, is so what tough. it is. But yeah, I know you talk about Pop. The person we don't talk about is Quinn Snyder. He's one of the best X and O's yes. guys it's that true. we have in the NBA. And Utah, Nick, it's not him and not man through the years. It's always been tough in Utah. It's true. Their team is always made up a cer certain way. They have one of the real home court advantages that we have in the NBA. And Man, Houston, man, they go cold a quarter. Okay, no. Oh, that's fair. I'm not, so, I'm not, I mean, so, so I, like. The, those are all fair points. I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not, and Utah, by the way, the three best teams in the West post all-star break. Houston, Golden State, Utah. I'm not right. acting like Utah's not a really good team. I just think that they're not a good enough offensive team, I believe, to give Houston real trouble. Finally, Skip and Shannon look back at Dirk Nowinski's career. I believe he's the second greatest foreign-born player behind Hakeem Olajuwon, and he changed the way the game is played. Before Dirk Nowitzki, Skip, if you were seven foot tall, you played on the block. He was the first seven-foot guy that says, you know what, I don't just have to exclusively play with my back to the basket. I can play, and he played mainly on the perimeter and behind the three-point line. He was that skilled. Uh, he had a that, that step-back, one-foot shot, Skip, was unblockable. Because he was already seven foot tall and he was launching it at an apex of probably about 10 feet tall. Mm -hmm. So you weren't blocking that shot. And then he brought a guy that came along called Kevin Durant. And this is what Kevin Durant said. Dirk is a little bit more special to me when it comes to players that I admire, look up compared to some of the other guys. It was just a myth that being a seven foot shooter. In my neighborhood, you heard about that being that tall and being a shooter. They was like, hell no. Nah. 
We've never seen anything like that before. That's what he did. Mm. And so Dirk go Skip, I think he's underappreciated because two things happened to him is that he was smack dab in the middle of Kobe Shaq run, and then here come LeBron. Mm. So it's kind of like these guys that played along with, with Jordan's era. They were really, really good, but they were never the best. And so it goes unnoticed. It's kind of like we look at Drew Brees. He's the all-time leading passer. Mm -hmm. But what he had the misfortune, Skip, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. And so Tom has three MVPs regular season, six Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. Peyton has five MVPs, two Super Bowls, going to four. And so Drew gets swept to the wayside. And unfortunately, I feel that's how we do it looking at Dirk. I don't know if we realize just how special he was, Skip. Mm. A 50-40-90. He could shoot 50% from the floor, 40% from the three-point line, 90% from the free-throw line. So when you look at that, and a guy that skilled that could shoot the ball like that, coined the, the phrase, a stretch. Mm. Seven foot tall, Skip, you played, you played center. Mm. And you weren't shooting no threes. You weren't roaming around the perimeter. Mm. Boy, get your butt down on the block and post up. But that wasn't who he was. Mm. And then now you get an even more skilled <laughs> version of Dirk and Kevin Durant. So I'm afraid, Skip, as time passes on, we're gonna, we're not gonna remember Dirk in the capacity in which we should have mm. because of the <laughs> era in which he played, and now there's a more skilled version of him mm. because he wasn't putting the ball on the floor, getting to the bucket like KD can and <clears throat> does. Mm. But the skill set to be able to shoot the ball from three, to be able to shoot the ball in the mid-range game, mm -hmm. he was it. Mm. He was it. He could do that. <sighs> I'm sorry, but I'm you... about to underappreciate <laughs> Dirk. Worried you were going to go there. Yeah. I give you top 50 player. I, I give you longevity. To, to play that long at, at a pretty high level is, is extraordinary. Let's just say 17 years. The last folks kept I know. It, it, the PER just kept dropping and dropping <laughs> and dropping. But you offend me when you call him the second best foreign born player because Manu Ginobili was the second best. I'm sorry, he just was. I'll take Manu any day or night up against Dirk because I saw him up against Dirk time and time again, yeah. and he will beat Dirk. Did he, did he bring Tim Duncan along with him, or did he leave Tony Parker at home? Dirk had a did lot he bring Kawhi him. with him, or did he leave those guys at home? You just don't get it. But I'm going to leave that be, and I'm going to stay on Dirk. If you look at the big picture playoff career, mm -hmm. and I put I, I bank the playoffs, he wound up 69 and 76 in the postseason. Not bad, but not great. Mm -hmm. He wasn't a dominating player because look at the two finals. In the first finals against Dwayne, when Dwayne just took it over, yeah, in he... large part from the free throw line, but he took the finals over. Yes. And Pat Riley said in 06, Dwayne was the best player in the league, and he was in 06. Okay. That was kind of the height of Dwayne, and then his knees began to creak after that. But in that finals, Dirk did average 23-11-3, and three, pretty good numbers, but he shot 39% from the field, which is not great, and 25% from three in those games, right. the, the play, in the finals in the games. Final. And then he did win MVP of the 2011 finals and put up big numbers, 26-10-2. and two. He, he never was a, a pass or a sister. But... I got to tell you, in 2011, he owes LeBron for that one because LeBron just handed it to him because they were in command up two games to one, and then we know what happened. Mm -hmm. LeBron just couldn't handle the spotlight. It was going to be his breakthrough. And for whatever reasons, 
game four, five, and six, LeBron melted down. And and I feel like Dirk won that by default. He won MVP and no. they won the championship. You do by realize default. in order for Dirk Nip to get to where they got, they swept. Mm-hmm. The two-time defending champ, mm-hmm. L.A. Lakers, they did. with one Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. who they say at the time was the best player, yeah. Paul Gasol, Andrew Bynum, Derek Fisher, Lamar mm-hmm. Odom. They swept them. Okay. And that goes unnoticed. So, help me out. Dirk made how many all-defensive teams? Man, Dirk how about no, zero? Skip, how about know. zero? Because he just didn't play defense. No, he that wasn't his thing. No. He averaged for his career two assists <laughs> a game. Two assists a game. Yes. So he didn't defend and he did not share. Okay. Okay? But he averaged 21 points and eight rebounds. So I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you top 50. But when you talk about impact on the scoreboard, not so much because for the last five years, they didn't make the playoffs. Six of the last eight years, they didn't make the right. playoffs because he was fading. But, but I don't ever think he was that guy. Just to me, what he was made of, and again, I rooted against him many nights I because San Antonio and Dallas were big rivals, and yeah. it, it went back and forth and back and forth, but mostly it was Spurs over Mavericks. And in the end, I'm sorry, he just wasn't that guy. He, he I can't put him in the same breath as – you talk about him like he's an all-timer, all-time great. You top 50 player. Okay. I'll give you top 50. But and he's in front of Manu. Is he like – he's like, in front of Manu. like 48th or – He's in yeah, front of okay. Manu. He's not in front of Manu. Manu Raju, Manu yeah. Ginobili, yeah. Or any, anybody else named Manu. At the end of a game, I want the ball in Manu's hands because great things are going to happen. And in the end – the, the guts and the driver of the Spurs. Didn't Manu miss, didn't Manu mm. miss a free throw in that Miami series? Mm. Did he miss one of those? Okay. Are you sure you played a long time? Hold on. I, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second now. Do you want to go back and look at how many I, times Manu beat Dirk? Skip. Ooh. I just want to ask you a mm. simple question. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Because you say, what if they fouled him? You know who missed the, the biggest free throw down the stretch of game six? It was number two in Toronto. That guy, he was just a little kid. A ba- yeah, a little baby. Like just we a little he a baby. baby. Little baby. I want the ball yeah. in Dirk's hand yeah. because if you foul him, he yeah. 90%. Well, in that, in that game, I wanted the ball in LeBron's hands because he had three turnovers in the last three minutes, all of them unforced error, uncharacteristic. What are you doing, LeBron? They're scoring 16. And then he. I'm scoring 16. We down 10. Then I wanted the ball in LeBron's hand, let him take that last shot to tie. And what did he do? He lebricked it. Okay, what happened? He lebricked it. What happened it. in overtime? Who had the ball in the hands in overtime? Skip? My team was shot in the heart what, what, by Ray what, Allen. What you mean? Shot in the heart. Oh, so. They uh, bled out. Last overtime. year. They bled year, out. That's what on the floor. That's what happened to LeBron. Yep. He was he was shot in the heart by Jr. You realize that? Who Jr. Now who shot? J. You remember that? Skip? At the end of regulation, they cordoned off the court, yes. ready for the trophy presentation yes. to my my yes. teams, oh. my Spurs. Ooh. This was it. It's over. Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five star review, letting us know what you think of the show. 